0: jcastnetwork.org
1: Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Marcy Jacob Zaranchik and today we're studying Masechet Shabbat, page 128. Daf Kuf Kaf Chet. On this Daf, we return to the conversation about muktzah, items which are not to be handled on Shabbat because their useful purpose is for non-Shabbat appropriate behaviors. The Mishnah on which our Gemara is commenting deals with whether or not certain produce, brought inside to be stored for animal food, can be moved on Shabbat to make space for guests or for students to learn. The end of the Mishnah, which our Gemara picks up on here, seems concerned with one's intent in storing the produce. It teaches Imhitkinan lima behema metaltalinotan vi imlav ein metaltalinotan. If one prepared them before Shabbat as animal fodder, they can be moved. And if not, they cannot be moved. The basic principle is this. If the produce was designated for a Shabbat-appropriate purpose, like feeding our livestock, we may handle it on Shabbat, even not specifically to feed the animals. But if it is simply there for storage, it can't be touched on Shabbat. The Mishnah, as well as much of the Gemara on it, are primarily concerned with how we can make use of things set aside for taking care of our animals. But what about our own needs on Shabbat? We will return to a conversation about how we care for our livestock on Shabbat, but the Gemara on our daf turns to address how we might handle food items not specifically already put to use for our Shabbat meals. In my own home, for example, all of the food we plan to eat over Shabbat is purchased and prepared before Shabbat comes in on Friday evening. But what if we unexpectedly have guests and we're running low? Or what if my family gets a hankering for a fresh salad on Saturday afternoon? How do I approach food in my home that hasn't specifically been designated for Shabbat use? The Gemara brings a baraita which considers the case of bundles of herbs stored in the house. If they were brought into the house to dry for fuel, one may not make use of them on Shabbat. But if they were brought into the house to be stored as animal fodder, one may even eat them on Shabbat, plucking them from their stems by hand as long as one doesn't use a tool to do so. One may even crush them for eating as long as one doesn't crush so many of them, so says Rabbi Yehuda. The sages say, one may crush them with the tips of his fingers and eat them as long as one doesn't crush a large quantity as one might do during the week, and so it goes for other kinds of herbs and spices. There are two concepts in this discussion, both of which will be important in the next series of Dapim we'll be exploring together. First is the idea of circumspection on Shabbat, doing only what is necessary. The Talmud acknowledges that our situations can change at a moment's notice. The most exacting preparation for Shabbat may not be adequate to our needs or even to our desires. We might taste dinner and say, gee, this brisket is delicious, but it would make my Shabbat even more delightful If I could add some fresh thyme, I know I have some in the pantry. Our observance of Shabbat allows for us to act somewhat spontaneously. However, we do so in moderation. In crushing fresh thyme for my Shabbos brisket, I can't also say, well, as long as I'm doing this, I may as well do a bunch more for the vegetables I'm planning to roast on Tuesday. The second concept in our daf is that of making a shinui. Changing our regular way of doing something when doing it on Shabbat to show that this behavior, which may be something we regularly do on a weekday, has a different valence when done on Shabbat. In the baraita we're currently looking at, the shinui we see is, the pronouncement of, is in the pronouncement of the sages, who say that we may crush herbs, but that we have to do so using the tips of our fingers. This isn't the usual way of preparing herbs. We would customarily use a knife or simply tear the leaves. By doing a common weekday action in a different way, we're giving ourselves a tangible reminder that the weekday atmosphere is not intruding into our Shabbat. Instead, our actions, however ordinary, allow us to keep Shabbat at the forefront of our thoughts. This concept of shinui comes in toward the end of our daf in the next Mishnah we encounter and its discussion in the Gemara. The Mishnah teaches that we may do any number of contrary to Shabbat things, in order to help a woman in labor. We deliver her child, call a midwife from any location to come, and even overtly desecrate the Sabbath on her behalf. The Gemara notices a seemingly extraneous phrase in the Mishnah. It asks, since we've already said that we deliver her child and call a a midwife from any location, what new idea do we learn by saying that we desecrate the Sabbath on her behalf? The Gemara answers its own question by bringing a baraita that teaches, if the laboring woman was in need of a candle, her neighbor lights it for her. And if she was in need of oil, her her neighbor brings her oil cupped in her hand. If her hand isn't sufficient, she brings it in her hair. If her hair isn't sufficient, then she brings it in a container. Here we see another example of making a shinui the neighbor who is expressly allowed to do things that are about as non-Shabbistic as we can imagine, lighting a flame and bringing fuel to feed it, nonetheless does so, if possible, in a way that differs from the norm. Even in a case as urgent as assisting a woman in childbirth, we keep Shabbat in mind, especially when doing things that might take us emotionally or spiritually out of the Shabbat framework. Why do we go to such lengths? Says Rav Ashi at the close of our daf. As much as we can make a shinui, vary our normal mode of doing something, we do so.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epicorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.